You, you, you learn Irish language. I did. What inspired you to learn the language? My grandmother said, now you're going to a country where they speak a different language. If you want to connect with their heart, their soul, their essence, you must speak their language. Make sure you learn Irish and you speak to them in their heart. So that's what I So you learn, you learn it in Ireland or when? When I came to Ireland, uh, I looked for lessons, but couldn't find any for years. Yeah, that's why it's very interesting um, to me because not many people speak the Irish language fluently. They, they learn at school, some learn, some don't. Mm -hmm. Everybody will speak English here. You start learning the language. And that's why it's very fascinating to me. I guess, you know, when you know how your mind works and you know how to learn. I think the gift of education is knowing how to learn and knowing the feelings and the sensations that go in yourself when you're learning and to recognize them and not to fall for the traps that go on in the mind when you're learning. Usually, you know, the I'm not good or I've just made a mistake or I'm not smart enough or, you know, all those noises, head noise and just recognizing them and just giving up telling yourself stories or inventing problems where there aren't. And I guess as an artist, I dance and I learned the dance language as also speaking English. But I realized that maybe, you know, sometimes you just gotta not care. And you get to that point where you don't care is what I really strive for. And, 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 and like everybody else, I am held back by society's norms and everything. And really inside, my soul is on fire. My soul is burning and there is things about me that I could share with the world, but the world has not yet come, part of the world has not arrived yet. <laughs> to drag them kicking. Yeah. I'm wondering, because you're very open uh, with your emotion, with uh, vulnerability and all, but did you have any embarrassing moment? I had this really nice pair of trousers and I was four and my mom bought them, but they were not, they were too tight now. They couldn't fit. And I spent hours and hours trying to zip the trousers. I'll never forget this. My grandmother was sitting with a group of ladies and they were talking, whatever they were talking. And I went to my grandmother with the zip lodged on my private parts. <laughs> I've never told anybody that story. <laughs> so my granny says, I said, Granny, Granny. And my granny says, What's wrong? And I said, Oh, Granny. My hands and one of the ladies says, Oh, she, she, one, of the, one of the friends said, What had happened? Says, oh, I think. And then 
I, I made my way to my grand and they looked and they said, we're going to have to get a scissor. We're going to have to get a razor. <laughs> <laughs> that must be terrifying. That was pain. It, it was, I was terrifying, all right. It was, I can laugh about it. <laughs> <laughs> that moment, whoo. I, I, when I, I was four. <laughs> and it, it was just, the, 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 the trousers were so good. They were so nice. My mom had bought them. <laughs> and I, I, I was, I was, determined to get into those trousers. <laughs> and I still have the scar till today. <laughs> and the, the scar was being, having, I actually not actually talked about this with anyone. And I'm actually finding myself unpacking it as I speak to you. <laughs> well, you were four. I was four. Yeah, I was four and I can laugh about it now because the, the, my grandmother's friends, they laughed at their heads out. They, they, they had a giggle and I'm, and I'm actually not myself when I'm laughing. I'm actually them and when I'm talking about it because it must have looked so funny. It's yeah, it little four-year-old, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to just ask you this. You're the founder of the Artifrick. So what do you do there? Art Freak, you know, in 1995, I set up an organization called the Northern Ireland African Cultural Center, and I got a few people involved. And one of the people who came from somewhere in Nigeria, I can't remember where he came from, he wouldn't relinquish the positions. He wanted to hog the whole organization, and he wouldn't let things that I was suggesting, art, culture, and things sort of happen. And he was frustrating the ability for expression. And in 95, I realized that in order to actually do something honest and free and yourself, you have to just set up your own stuff. So in 96, I set up Art Freak. Uh, art, because I just love art. And Freak is, I've heard, I found out later that Freak also means money. So make money through art. It was oh, a coincidence. I didn't know, but it, it just so happens <laughs> that that is the meaning. And it's French, frique, le frique. And some people would also see it as something to do with Africa, frique, Africa. Yeah. And uh, some people think it's to do with Arutura, my name, A-R-T, you know. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's just, I wanted to create a platform where I could do art, culture and arts without being told what to do or being restricted by certain people, you know, a vehicle and vehicle to, for movement, dance, vehicle for music, I, Africa Records, I released my own music uh, for productions, theater productions, Africa productions, theater so I can do my own. And I don't need the Arts Council to do what I want to do. I just do it and I just put it out there because a lot of the times I found that getting money from people and their stipulations and requests and requirements just did not allow me to be myself. They made me work so that I was gonna bring Protestants and Catholics together. I just wanna do my arts. I just wanna do art, you know? I don't want to be, to, to be involved in, in this because 
that's what you want me to do in order for me to get the money. I just want to do art. I just and want, yeah, yeah, want to be an artist. Yeah, that's it. Simple. <laughs> you know, you know. So you also uh, teach and coach. Um, where people can find you? So I have a new website coming up called turaarutura.com. Uh, but uh, I have, uh, I'm on Facebook like, you know, and, and all the social media. My, my feeling at the minute is I want to create experiences and that require collaboration with other people. And that requires an economy that is not just about me, that is of other people and enable people to come into a place where they're totally immersed in the theater of the performance and they're involved in it as well. Nothing too complex, just simple, and they're part of the experience. Whether the journey that they go through to get to the venue is part of the artistic experience, whether the, the, the surroundings, this incense, the smells that they get at certain intervals in the performance is part of the performance. And I guess I find the art creative world within this a bit restrictive, a bit restrictive, a bit unimaginative yeah. and not concerned with like authenticity of experience. It's like, you know, you can enjoy art and then later on you can go out and do whatever, you know. Oh, isn't that a lovely show, darling? No. I, I think art should really, when you leave that room, something about you has happened. There's a shift somewhere. You've got something and it's not because of what you have seen, but it's because of what you have given and what you have received in that experience together. And instead of this realistic, artistic sort of, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to see what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm imagining collaborative, uh, you know, work. Uh, that is about creating experiences, but the experiences are not only challenging and provoking, but allow people within their own journey to discover something. Yeah. It's just discover something, you know, they can have a Eureka moment, but they can have a Nasri moment. Yeah. Um, is there anything you want to talk about that I didn't ask you? How many kids do you have? Unfortunately, I don't have kids. So, you know why? Why? <laughs> because you're a channel for the gods. I am. You are. You are. And this is something that is a, a very sacred honor in our culture. And we have, we call them our sisters, the shamans, we call them our sisters because they have a certain insight that you just can't get from just Tom, Dick and Harry. From just anybody. You see, I've got some literature in, in our ancient tradition where certain women who were gifted 
would be gifted with certain knowledge, insight, and wisdom. And these women have, they know they're called the, the Ziva priestesses in my, in my now family. And they are creative, but they are the sisters of the, of the gods, you know, they, yeah. And our culture is so fragmented because now people look to another reality for making sense of the world. And these realities are quite dysfunctional. And that is why my desire is a return to the source. All the time, I'm just returning to the source, I'm going back to the source and scratching the source and being vulnerable, I cry a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you also made me emotional. <laughs> you felt my spirit. Yeah. I do meditate before I start uh, talking to artists. I ground and uh, with the light and roots on the ground. And I feel that then I can connect with you, with your heart. And then we both together connect with people who listen to us. Um, that's my intention. So I come to the interview with the intention to be able to connect with you and then connect with everybody. So it's a long journey. We've done that. Have you, have you heard of the um, Landmark Forum? No. It's a course that I did it's a personal development course I did a few years ago, about eight years ago. And then I did a, there's a leadership part of it, which was like six months. And I was four weeks into the leadership course. And I was supposed to go to London for the weekend of the course. And I just sabotaged myself not to go. I just made it, I just made it difficult for me to go. What happened then? Uh, I created all sorts of obstacles. Uh, and the reason why I was creating obstacles is I was confronted by something that was a long time memory from somewhere. And this long time memory tells me, be careful. If this thing is run by these people, you're only a pawn in a game. And I was fighting that narrative. Mm -hmm. And it was a story, a story that I told myself. But as somebody said, there could be an element of that story that is true. And at, at this moment, as I asked for the remains of my great ancestor to be returned back to our home, uh, I think the coach tried to tell me that I was making this up and that I was just supposed to find a way out of it and stop making the story up. But I've got to understand, I've got to the point now in my life where I understand that th there is other people in my lineage whose healing I am engaged in. So all these other ancestors, I have to give them time within myself 
to heal. And just recognizing how I exhibit those family traumas and to try and find some way of healing those traumas. Yeah. Yeah. I believe when we heal, others heal with us. Mm. You know, in the last few years, I've really got to understand that Shano's dance and my own traditional dance, they're like really the same dance. Just different parts of the world, different times, but the, the desires, the sensations, the feelings are the same. And the, the energy, the energy is the same. And I've even started to realize the sounds are the same. I don't mean sounds in terms of music or in terms of the singing, mm. but even the sounds in the language, the certain sounds that are in my culture, they sound and feel a certain way. And in Irish, they feel and they sound and mean the same thing. You know, like uh, in my language, we have these words called rara. Rara. And rara is to sleep. Like rara. Rara. That's when we sleep, we are in our godly state to dream. And the god, sun god of Ra, 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 and you've got this name Ka, which means an object. In my language, Ka is, is the prefix for an object, mm. Ka. And then Kara, object of a friend, object of godness, object of godness. I don't know. In your language, what does ka mean? Ka, it's a close uh, sound to grass when it dries, like a bay. Ka. But we have um, lala for sleeping. It's lala. Yes. Lala. Lala. Yeah. It's rara. A, they sing it to the child when they go to sleep. Rara. Lala. Rara. rara. Lala, yeah. we, are, we are connecting the development of sound and we are connecting genes and development of our civilization through sounds and not through language. And I guess that's why it's now becoming easy for us to learn language because we know that there are sounds, there are feelings. And with these sounds, as we go deeper, we realize that these sounds and meanings have come from feelings that have been attached to sounds. Lala. Yeah, that's very interesting. So, so, so when I teach dance, I don't teach people steps anymore. I used to teach people steps and choreography. Now I teach them to capture the emotion, the spirit of the movement, the spirit of the dance. And I spend more time now capturing the feelings associated with, with the movement. And like, um, I guess it, it, I've gone full circle because I hadn't realized that each movement had to have a feeling, but now I know. Wow. 
I'm going to bring awareness to this because I sometimes when I walk, I do some kind of dance, but sometimes mm-hmm. my, um, my partner thinks it's very funny. He laughs. And, uh, <laughs> but I, I never noticed that it could have some kind of emotion in those. Mm. This is the triggers. And I guess with movement, we trigger so many emotions, dances. A lot of the dances that I've been inspired by, whether some, quite a lot of them are women. Uh, so when I move, I can move like a woman. And I guess these feelings are only available, understanding of these feelings of movement are only available to those who've experienced and who've looked in, so not look, but who've experienced the sensations of that movement uh, and being aware when you're feeling them, when you're doing them. I guess it's the awareness that connects us to the movement. From now on, every time I dance, mm. I will bring that awareness to see every movement, how it feels. There's a, you know, the Navajo, they have a saying, when you see us dance, you see our spirit. Yeah. When you see us dance, you see our spirit. You know, the first time I saw Shano's dance, I was surprised. What, 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 what's, what's this? Do you mean Irish people can be so free and flexible and, and, and you, and this is Shano's, this is the ancient, most ancient dance in Ireland. And this is what we were banned from doing. And I said, wow, I want to learn that. They were banned. They were banned. In Ireland, there was the, the, the laws were put to ban the language, the culture, the praying, the religion, and the performance of music. Uh, literally, the, the, the British banned it, and the church helped to enforce it. So you've got such yeah you get the uh, the uh, you get the spirit out of people you can control them yeah yeah and you know I guess I I, I was asked to do a speech at when the Pope came uh, in 2019 and my speech was my gift uh, gift of freedom and I I. I know what I've got from Ireland. I know what Ireland has given me. And I'm consciously aware of what Ireland can teach me. So I did literally go consciously to say, this is what I'm going to engage. This is what I'm going to do. These are the type of people who I'm going to work with. This is, and I do it, I choose who I do, what I do with, because I've got to the point in my realization that I, I, I am the maker of my life. I create my life. Every moment. Every moment. Every moment. But in Ireland, you see, when people have gone through what they've gone through in Ireland, and they've managed to keep the core essence of who they are, in whatever dysfunctional shape or form, but they've managed to keep it together. And most importantly, we have the return of the matriarch. 
I strongly believe that we have now entered the age of Aquarius in some perception, but we really have entered the age of the matriarch. Until you have woman at the center of creation, you have nothing. The whole narratives, the whole, you know, even how you invent, how the process of invention works is, is distorted by such perceptions. You know, when, before they started doing slavery in the youth in England, they made, they, 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 they made witching laws. So witching laws were, were in 1562. And then 1563, they started to do slavery. So first you destroy the woman in, and then you destroy your moral compass. Your cosmic moral link is broken. And that's why uh, I was talking to somebody, England doesn't create new music. England is just rehatching music. They're taking from there, 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 there. There's nothing you can, you can say is English, you know? The, the mummies they stole from Egypt, they are in the museum. All this bounty that has been stolen is what fills the museums. Uh, things stolen from Benin, from all over the world, is what fills these museums. Not actually things that enhance humanity or them. You, you know, like, how can anybody take a skull from Africa and put it in a museum? That doesn't let up. <laughs> so you have to laugh. <laughs> no, you, you gotta laugh. You gotta laugh. And and then and then at the end of it, expect that type of a person to give you solutions for for addressing your trauma and your heart dysfunction, spiritual dysfunction. Oh, dysfunction. they don't understand. No, they could never. And and we are mad for expecting it. Yeah. We are actually worse for actually thinking that it could actually come from somebody who's actually done that. No, it can't. And that's why you, as a creator, as an artist, we are able to imagine a new reality and stubbornly do so and create a new reality of our lives, a life that we want to live. And if anybody doesn't like it, they can look inside and just look and say, I wish my life was as good as that. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, being free is more what people want, to dance and to create. What could be better than that? I believe everybody who lives not from fear, live life fearlessly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Are you fearless? Um, I, I have a lot of awareness. So if I do something based on fear, I catch myself. Mm. No, I am not totally 100% fearless, but I, I, I have a strong awareness that if uh, I do something based on fear, I catch it and I bring awareness to it. That's what I do. Beautiful, beautiful. You know, fear is a good feeling as long as you can observe it. And for some, it's just something that is just a whole lot of sensations, sweating glands and mm -hmm. heart pulsating. And, it's a bit know. complicated because um, 
if you say like you, I want to do something, is it based on fear or is not? I, it's easy for me. Mm. If it's something from the past or childhood or a trauma mm. is in my body because we keep all those in our body. And then if in a situation, my body starts reacting or I get overwhelmed or I feel something that it's not, it's not good, then I feel that there is a fear there, which is from a past event. That's why I'm saying yes. I'm not 100%. But like if you doing these interviews for me was like very hard because I heard a lot of time people say oh you don't speak English very well like people from my own country that they don't speak English very well <laughs> but you see it, it's it doesn't matter how I speak English I can communicate with people so that was for me um if I, in a moment I said to myself if you do, are not going to do this it's based on the fear so I start doing it. Perfect. Overcoming the fear. Yeah. And I guess, you know, living in, see, where I live, I've surrounded myself with the people that did what they did to my people. Yeah. Like, I deliberately, I don't know, deliberately, or but whatever way it's ended up happening, I've ended up being amongst the people that did what they did to like surrounded, completely surrounded by them. And I've had to become friends with them. And some of them discover certain things for whatever purpose for their life. But in my healing, fear is, an, is the way that we were controlled. And the experiences that I had as a child, there's a lot of fear that was invented and created and so I still have those fears but now I have an added advantage I can recognize them like you say like you do you know and I guess it's through deciding to do work on myself I have a lot of fear I know my heart the, the feelings is my heart pulsates but then I've had to learn of you know you know whenever you are meditating or you you, you know this uh, state of mind where you just instead of seeing things just ahead or too close you just spread the eyes to see just beyond the horizon you know yeah. and usually that's the best decision maker for me just beyond the horizon symphony Sometimes I even give up making decision. I say that um, I let it go and wait to hear the answer. And then somehow, somewhere when I'm sitting uh, on the grass, I have an intuition that it's just something click and it's like, okay, I'm gonna do this now this way. It just come to me, but it, it, it comes to me when I keep quiet. I'm not struggling with it or I'm not fighting with it or don't want to force it. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that, that, that flow, that, that flow 
is what I meditate to as well, you know, to have that. You know, last week was one of the busiest weeks I've had. I was doing a film shoot for Dungeons and Dragons. And, and then I went to do a documentary in Dingle and all that in the, in the last four weeks. And I just said to myself, what is it that enabled those things to happen? Was I was open to possibilities. And I'm open to possibilities. Um, I'm open to living a life of fulfillment, a life that is fulfilled and being fearless and bold. Yeah. And I believe as we as individuals start living from that estate without fear, mm. um, that become our collective consciousness. We're changing it. But I think maybe we need more, this word has is, is been taken by, by different, you know, communion, communion. When you are sharing each other's talents and gifts in a way that celebrates life and enables others to find themselves. So that's why, you know, doing this is, to me, it seems like a natural progression in, in meeting you and getting to know you because we can only understand our, each other by talking. And sometimes I didn't even know that, not sometimes, a lot of the times I don't even know what I'm going to say until I say it. Yeah. So I haven't planned anything. And I guess to be authentic all the time is what I strive for. And you have that ability to bring that out as, as you, you speak. And I guess, thank you. thank you. I had really amazing time with you. I learned a lot from you and I had fun. I get emotional. I enjoy this. I don't know how long you're talking, but it's just <laughs> the time flew by and I really appreciate your time. And you're a great spirit and it's only natural because you give. It's so easy to give. Thank you. Thank you. It is so easy. It is so easy. I could talk to you for another three. I'm saying this, but I, <laughs> you know, the, the journey that I'm taking at the minute is allowing, you see, there's a very strong Middle East influence in Ireland, in Irish music, yeah. in Irish language. There's a strong African influence as well. And I hope in your journey, you can begin to see how the people from your land came here thousands of years ago and how they influenced this place thousands of years ago through art, through music. I'm sure you're beginning, you see sometimes art that just, you, you see it in your culture, you know, our journey is, is looking at the links because the links are very clear when we look. 
and Irish people with their trauma, they will be helped by us as migrant people to see themselves in us and for us to see ourselves in them. Yeah. Ireland is a home for me now. So it's, it's home. It is. <laughs>